0: Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Lisa. Cheers. Cheers. And I don't know how we can... Yeah, you can't really...
1: make some sort of clinking. I need... You know, we should have brought in a fork.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, i say a lot of times I can just like... Yeah, flick the glass or something that just doesn't work with a beer bottle, so... (laughs) But that was a cheers and we we got it done. So welcome back, Lisa. It was super happy to have you back. Um, If we were to base it on downloads, you are far and above our most popular guest. Uh, any, Any one of your episodes would be at least in the top 10. You've got the number one, I think, in see the number two or three slot or something and the other one's not far down there either so very happy to have you back I'm sure the guests are too they're like you know bring on Lisa get rid of Mark uh, (laughs) I think Um, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you you're out there at Heater Allen but talk a little bit about uh, you know remind anybody who hasn't foolishly hasn't listened to those old episodes (laughs) uh, about who you are and, and what you're doing out there.
1: Yeah, so I am a head brewer at Heater Allen Brewing. We're located in McMinnville, Oregon, kind of Oregon's wine country. Uh, We specialize in lager beer, uh, primarily German and Czech style lager beers. And the brewery was actually started by my father. And I have since kind of taken over most of the brewery slash production roles um, these days. So, yeah. yeah.
0: You kind of do it all out there, if I understand, Craig. I mean, you do the yeah. marketing and the social media, and the, you're like the, you know, one woman shop. You're just like kicking butt. The
1: joys of, <laughs> the joys of being part of a very small business.
0: Yeah, there you go, there you go. But you, but you're there and you're making it happen. So I love that. And, and what are you drinking today? Because I know it's going to be something delicious. Having had several of your beers.
1: Yeah, so I am drinking our Dunkel, which is a dark lager. Um, it's a kind of more of a Munich style Dunkel, uh, a very typical kind of dark beer that you would find in Munich canned this uh, this week so it is a fresh a fresh can and it's just tasting really nice and kind of perfect for this fall weather. It's kind of starting to get into dark beer season so I've been drinking pilsners and light lagers all summer and now I'm just like ooh, now, now I'm gonna go on to the dark stuff.
0: Yeah, isn't it kind of fun? I mean, you get kind of in your groove and you get going and then that new season kicks in and it's kind of fun to be able to like start drinking the different beer, alcohol or wines or I guess wines tend to be pretty consistent. Well, I know because you're more whites and rosés in the summer. Yeah. So anyway, you get to make that transition and I kind of like, and it's kind of fun. And this time of year, like you said, fall, it's kind of cool because you can bounce back and forth a little bit too. I think there's a warm day and then there's a kind of a cool, cloudy, rainy day and, and back and forth
1: yeah, there was another, I was trying to, like, there were two beers. I was kind of like, do I want this or this? And I was like, well, I think Doom Cola is probably a good choice. <laughs> so.
0: Nice, nice. And and actually, that's a good transition, because I'm going to start off with a question for you. And today is kind of for the listeners. It's a potpourri, if you will, where it's just like all things beer. Uh, we've got some Beer questions. Uh, I've as always like try to dig up some fun facts just because I don't know I like them. Um, is something you know you can quote at a party and then everyone will hate you for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all in delivery, people. Though, all in delivery. You can't be all like factual. Um, anyway, we're just going to kind of have some fun for today. But uh, one of the questions I kind of had or stumbled across, and that's why I'm kind of using this as a nice little transition here, is. I mean, you're drinking a very fresh beer, just canned. How important is it for beer to be fresh? Uh, does that really matter? Does it go bad? I mean, I know some beers age, some don't. So tell us a little bit about, is, is it better to have that fresher beer?
1: Um, it is. And I will say like with, I think a lot of things, um, it also kind of depends. Um, it There's a lot of factors that can contribute to a beer going bad faster, for instance, and that sort of thing, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of, we're very used in the United States to kind of being able to get, you know, in Oregon, we can get stuff, we can get beers from California, from Florida, from Texas, um, and we're very used to kind of that method, but in typically, Traditionally, beer, you drank the beer that was from the town you lived in, essentially, Um, because beer does, can go bad, can spoil. Um, So I always say it's better to get as fresh beer as you can. Um, We obviously can't always do that. Um, A lot of beer, and that's not, I mean, that's not to say that if you're not drinking a beer that's, you know, a week old, that it's... (laughs) That you shouldn't drink it. Um, yeah. And uh, especially I would say with some hoppy styles, um, hoppy beers are, it's important to drink pretty fresh. I would say within like a month or two, if it's been kept cold, it will last a little bit longer. Beer actually ages exponentially as it gets warmer. And um, so, so no, do you know anything did.
0: kind of why? I mean, is it because uh, I, I know, like with wines, it's like the tannins do things, things break down over time. And I'm assuming it's something like that. And it sounds like it's pretty quick. I mean, do you have any insights into, into that?
1: You know, I don't know. I wish I did. I actually, I'll probably look it up after this because I'll be like, <laughs> I wonder exactly what it is. I don't know exactly what causes it, but they have done studies where it's like a beer. Um, it's the staling of beer. So it's kind of like that cardboardy taste that you can get from a beer. Um, that essentially is, means that it's old um, and, uh, or like heat damaged. Uh, and so they've done studies though, where a beer kept at say like, you know, refrigerator temperature, like around say like 35 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Um, versus a beer that's even been kept at 60 degrees, the beer that is kept at 35 degrees will taste fresh twice as long as the beer that's kept at 60. And so then if you say have a beer that's like at 80 degrees, you know, that will even double that. Um, So yeah, I would say like with our beers in particular, um, our beers are unfiltered. uh, And so there is a little bit of yeast in there. And I honestly do think that helps the beer stay fresh a little bit longer. Um, And that's not to say that beers that are filtered are going to like, not stay fresh quite as long. I just think it gives a little bit of protection to the beer. Um, And uh, like I've had Pilsners that have been kept in our cooler for a year that still, they don't taste, they don't taste quite as they would if they were fresh, but they still taste good. So that is the important of refrigeration people <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. going on a tangent there. Um, so, yeah, I would say, and then some beers, there are beers out there that are meant to be aged. Some of those heavier stouts, um, some of those, you know, like bourbon barrel aged, those types of things they are actually made to, you know, maybe sit in a cellar for a year or two, kind of like a wine. To go back to your question, it really does depend. Um, I think the kind of... Uh, an easy rule of thumb is if it is a hoppy beer um, or if it is something lighter, like a Pilsner or a Helles um, or a Kolsch or a Blonde Ale even, um, probably you know, the fresher you can get it, the better it's going to be. Uh, that doesn't necessarily, again, mean it's gonna be bad if it's not super, super fresh, um, but uh, you know, it's just kind of the fresher you can get it, kind of the better. <laughs> and then darker beers, I think, tend to last a little bit longer in package,
0: so. Nice, so drink it as soon as you can, enjoy it fresh, but if you happen to stumble across a beer that's been sitting ideally in a fridge and always sounds like store your beer in a fridge uh, to keep it fresher longer, uh, you don't pass by that beer, you just maybe don't expect as much out of it, right?
1: Yeah, you're gonna have, I mean, you're still going to, like say, a a, a, a hobby beer, an IPA or something, you're going to, it maybe just like, won't be as aromatic um, if it's, you know, a little bit on the older side. Um, most well-made beers now, I, I would say like, are good for quite a few months. So, um, it's, and most of the time because the breweries are taking care of them before they're going out to, um, to the masses. So, uh, yeah.
0: Good. Okay. So you're a head brewer. You're also, I I know you spend some time uh, in the tap room. You know, a lot of other people who are there and elsewhere. So part of this is, is you can come to us with all these questions that you get all the time that you think are like, I know good questions are questions people want to know. I mean, that's kind of the idea behind today's kind of potpourri is um, there's a lot of stuff people want to know or need to know maybe. And so let's tackle it. So, so what do you got for us?
1: Well, one question that I personally get frequently, and we, I think we may have tackled this in the logger episode, but it is probably the most frequently asked question for myself or to myself is, um, what's the difference between a logger and a pilsner? Um, and because I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people will say they'll ask for, they'll come into a bar and they'll ask for a logger. But what they actually mean is something like a pilsner <laughs> okay. but uh because they ju- they're just using lager as a general term for like a pale beer a pale easy drinking beer um so a pilsner style and there's a bunch of different pilsner styles but a pilsner is a style of lager so a lager is a if you have like the overarching beer and you have ale and lager a pilsner goes under the lager category. Um, it's not like it's, you know, it, I think that kind of explains it, but that's a question yeah. I get a lot where they're like, well, what's, well, this is, I mean, people come into the brewery lot and they're like, well, I'll have your lager. And I'm like, well, I have five of them on tap. So why, yeah. what like when you say lager, what are you looking for? Um,
0: so saying lager is like saying, you know, cause you have a lager and an ale. So that's almost like saying a red wine, white wine almost. And then a pilsner would be a different, um, you know, I, you know, grape or something different type of thing exactly, under yeah. that is what a Pilsner would be. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're like, if you, you know, it'd be like saying like, well, can I, can I have your Pinot or something like that? And you're like, well, like which one there's a bunch of different Pinots, something like that. That's a Got bad it. example because there are white peanuts and there are red yeah. pinots.
0: <laughs> oh, there, there's, and that's I think that the bottom line out of all this is that it, these things are complex and and it's not a super easy answer. I think on any of this, right? It's not. If, yeah. if it was, then uh, everybody would know it. So it's not a stupid question. It's a it's a, a good question, but uh, I think at least that sheds some light on it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. What else you got anything? I mean, I've got some I can throw at you, but I know you've probably got a nice list. So let's, let's get a couple from you.
1: I feel like another question that, and um, I've heard this from other brewers as well, is that people ask about carbonation, how you get carbonation into beer. And so that's a quick one to go through. So um, there are a number of different ways to carbonate beer. Um, A lot of brewers use what is called a carb stone, and uh, that is essentially a like long cinder cold device you're putting in the tank with the beer and it essentially bubbles you hook it up to co2 and it bubbles co2 into the beer when you're finished with fermentation and oftentimes this is depending on the brewery that's doing it oftentimes after filtration I,
0: I just got to stop real quick because the visual I totally got there is like those fish tanks where they had you put it in the little water bubbles up or, or it bubbles out of a little treasure chest or something like that anyway. So um, sorry, that, that's just my visual. I'm sure it's not, there's not little fishes in there, uh, but it's kind of a similar thing. They put it in there, they force the carbon dioxide, no, not dioxide. Yep. It yes, is dioxide. dioxide okay. yeah,
1: CO2, yeah. Uh, CO2, I yeah. guess that
0: is right. Yeah, just when you say yeah. it, it's like deadly. So I know, you, when you and say it, it, like, that when can't you be say right. The
1: actual name, it's like, <laughs> oh, wait, is that right? Um, yeah, so they just,
0: pump the CO2 through it, and then that just carbonates the beer. It,
1: yep, it carbonates the beer. And um, then the method that we use, uh, we naturally carbonate. So one of yeast byproduct, byproducts is CO2, CO2 and alcohol. So um, once the fermentation is nearly done, we essentially, uh, we usually have a blow-off tube on the fermenter, which I'm sure anyone who's been in a brewery, you'll see like active stuff, active beers fermenting. And there's typically a blow-off tube that's blowing air into a bucket. Sometimes there is like yeast and stuff that's going in that bucket as well. Um, and what we do is we essentially shut Shut that off so there's no it's no longer blowing blowing off into that bucket, and that captures the CO2 in solution. Um, and we kind of have it where we know how much carbonation we want, um, and when we have to shut off the tank to do that. Um,
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then there's a another method which is called Kreuzening. And this is a very traditional, uh, it's another way to carbonate lagers. Um, And so what you do is you take some beer off a fermenting, uh, a fermenting tank, a like actively fermenting tank, and you push that beer into a finished tank. So a tank that maybe just finished fermentation. And then you shut off the tank. You don't let it blow off once you ferment, you push that fermenting beer into that tank. And then that creates carbonation. So it's a similar method to the second one I talked about. It's just a different way of getting at it.
0: Got so. it. And and is it ever, and I thought this, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, that Because I'd heard somewhere that one of the reasons you make keg beer or something like that, and then you force the CO2 in, kind of like they do with sodas and stuff like that. Is that legit? Yeah, or you can
1: you can force carbonate beer too. Um, That's more, I feel like most, um, that's something I feel like a lot of people do on the homebrew scale because it's not super effective on like large tanks. It just takes a long time. But um, yes, you can like force carb, uh, force carb beers as well, uh, where yeah, you're just like hooking it up to CO2 and kind of like shaking Shaking it a little bit. A lot of times people will do that uh, when the beer is in keg.
0: And that makes sense. I think that that's similar because the uh, times I have heard of that, it has been, I think, primarily from some home brewers. So that makes perfect sense awesome okay so i'm gonna throw a question out at you right now because i already know the answer to this one and we covered it but i figure again some people may have foolishly not listened to your previous episodes or they may need a good reminder um and so i'll let you get to some more but i just got to throw this one out there does the glassware or the glass you pour the beer into matter
1: oh yes yes it does yeah um It um, it definitely does. So uh, you want I think kind of the general thing is you want to make sure you have a clean glass. (laughs) Oh, Um,
0: that's probably smart.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be pouring beer into a dirty glass. Um, But yeah, the shape of the glass. There's there's um, glassware specific for a lot of different kinds of beers. Um, I'm currently drinking out of kind of a glass stein, um, a mug, which is very typical for a lager and especially for a a dunkel that I'm drinking right now. Um, A typical Pilsner glass is kind of longer and skinny. Um, It kind of goes in uh, towards the middle, a little bit more towards the bottom. Um, And this allows you to get like nice aromatics from the beer and stuff like that. Um, And the... The thing about glassware um, that is frustrating to me is the use of the shaker pint, (laughs) Um, which is the very typical uh, glasses. They pretty much, uh, you don't see them quite as much anymore at breweries, but they used to use them all over the place. And part of that is they're easy to stack and store and they are very cheap. Um, yeah. So I mean no odds op-
0: are good if you're ordering at a bar or in a restaurant this is the glass you're going to get it at and and I've always kind of seen it as like and, and I remember you told me this and kind of blew my mind a little bit I always thought it as like the best glass or the cool glass or the beer glass and you can buy them and they're all fancy from I don't know yeah. wherever but really that's like the worst glass to be drinking it out of and it's not intended yeah. for beer right
1: yeah it's not a great glass it's a I mean it's called a shaker pint because it's meant to shake cocktails in. And- um, and yeah, again, it was kind of adopted because it was cheap and easy to store, and you could get branded ones that were really cheap. Um, even the, uh, there's a lot of people are going to, I think it's called like the Billy Beer Glass or something like that, and it's still a little bit easier to stack and stuff like that, but it has a better shape to it. The problem with the shaker pint is um, is it just goes like, it kind of, the shape of it, it, I mean, everyone can, knows what a shaker pint looks like, and it just kind of goes up and out, like, and it's very, and the, the glass you kind of want is more, it, it maybe goes out a little bit, but it comes back in, so it's, um, but yeah, and I would say that uh, I, I wish, <laughs> I still, still go places all the time, and I, I mean, I kind of understand why people use it, but, it's uh it's not it's not my favorite glass.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if you're at home, Lisa says stop. <laughs> yeah. No more. Go go invest it. In, I imagine it's not a super big investment in some decent beer mugs and preferably something along the lines of what you most commonly drink, right? Something that's that's gonna complement that.
1: Yeah, even a couple of um, like I said, these the Billy Beer glasses, I think that's what they're called, but um those are nice glasses for like a lot of different styles. So it's a very kind of like general, um, general style. Or like a lot of breweries sell kind of cool logo glasses. So you know, like see what your local brewery has and maybe buy something that um, that they're they're selling. Because um, there's some really cool glassware out there, and you, I swear, like you'll notice a difference from drinking out of some some good glassware. Um, yeah. So even even like a wine glass, people. It's if you have a wine glass on hand, like even try just drinking a beer out of wine glass. You'll get much better flavor and aroma profile.
0: Um, oh, how interesting!
1: Yeah, the wineries have been much better about uh, promoting proper glassware than the beer than the beer yeah. folks have.
0: <laughs> Definitely, I mean it's a big thing in the in the wine world, and and you know and. they've got their glasses and the whites and the reds and all the different variations and and people take that very seriously. But uh, you're right in the beer world, almost nobody does. So that's why I I had to make sure that that we covered that today. So um, what else have you got? What other kind of questions are are common or or plaguing you or whatever it may kind of be?
1: Um, Another question, and it's another question I feel like that um, I know I've gotten a lot and uh, other other brewers I know have gotten a lot is how the you get the color in the beer um and I mean that's a simple answer it's just from the malt you it depends on what color malt you use uh there are other ways to get color the most common one though is to use a variety of uh of roasted caramel malts if you're doing a dark beer obviously if you're doing something like a pilsner you're not going to be using those malts because you're just using kind of a general barley malt um but yeah that is a, a question i feel like i get a lot Is like well what's like how do you get the color in there and stuff like that and it's all it's all to do with malts
0: yeah. and, and the, the particular they tend to have similar colors because you're using the particular malts for that particular flavor right so yeah. that's why you know you might not have a lighter stout or a darker pilsners just because the the malts that you're using if you were to use a different darker malt that would change the flavor is that correct yeah
1: it would and you're using so most most beers are mostly what we what brewers would refer to as like a base malt and so that and that is oftentimes a just general kind of pale malt so it is going to be like a pilsner malt um, there are some base malts that will add a, a little bit of color, like Vienna malt, a Munich malt, um, and then you, if you want color to your beer, you're going to add some of these kind of darker roasted malts um, to get, you know, a darker color. Uh, like for, um, I mean, the malt that we use, a portion of the malt we use for Schwartz, and it's kind of funny because we actually don't use very much but um, Schwartz, our black lager, uh, that malt is black. (laughs) So you're like adding, um, you're adding, and you, again, I mean, this is an extra on top of this, but you don't want to use too much of these malts because they actually um, are kind of unfermentable. So, they don't really add much because they've been roasted. All those like sugars essentially are gone. And so you don't want to use too much of them because then you're going to have bad fermentation. Your beer is going to be super sweet if you <laughs> use too much of it. Um, so you have to kind of learn to balance your base malts with your like kind of roasted caramel malts.
0: Got it. That, that actually makes sense. And just out of curiosity, are the malts themselves, are they actually... I mean are they a lighter malt for a lighter beer and a darker malt are they kind of similar in color but it's just the way that once they interact the the color comes out stronger does that make sense
1: yeah like the base malts for instance is i mean that you're going to um the you do get like if you use for base malts if you're using like i was mentioning a vienna or munich malt um versus a pilsner malt those are like a tiny bit darker if you actually look at them Um, it's kind of hard to tell unless you have like all three in your hand. Um, but yeah, and the darker colors, you're going to get some, you're going to get flavor from those roasted malts and stuff as well. So, um, but yes, there's are different varying roasts depending on what flavor profile you're looking for and, uh, the color you're looking for essentially.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what else have you got? Have you got any other questions? I've got a couple uh, more but I want to keep you rolling here. <laughs>
1: um, I also get a lot of questions about, um, about hops just in the, and I think again we probably covered this in the hop version, but um, uh, people you know when they think of hops they think of the actual plant Um, but what we add to beer is a lot different. And so I think people often are surprised when they actually see the hops that we're adding to beer because it's pellets, essentially. (laughs) Um, It kind of looks like rabbit food. (laughs) And so, yeah, a a lot of breweries, um, there are breweries that use um, whole, like, dried hops. Um, And, uh, like, Sierra Nevada uses quite a few um a lot of British breweries, it's very traditional to use a um a whole leaf hop, but most breweries, um most craft breweries especially use pellet hops because they're just more efficient, um, they're easier to store, um, they last a little bit longer, uh all sorts of different reasons. Um, so yeah, it doesn't it you are going to get a different a different flavor in the whole leaf hop than you are in the pellet, but it's not like a, um, the pellet hops, I, I actually think give like a little bit of a cleaner, a cleaner taste than the whole leaf hops. I feel like a lot of people kind of feel cheated when you like show them the hops and these pellets and it's like well actually like this is actually a for a better flavor.
0: Yeah no I was surprised and I highly recommend uh, people go back and and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Um, If you really I think you did a phenomenal job on that episode explaining hops, uh, what they are, why they're in pellets as opposed to why they're you know. um, I mean I I don't even know if I was 100% sure what they even were before, so again, it kind of goes into uh, you know everything about those. So I highly recommend that episode because uh, if so, you didn't get enough of an answer right there, uh, that's that's a good listen.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you. Th- I'll I'll throw out one real quick here, uh, and, and so that is beer meant to be served ice cold or really cold or cold? And every that's like something I think that's more semi one of those things that I know it's put out there a lot, but I've found it's not true. So I kind of want your thoughts and input on that.
1: (laughs) It Again, as with the like freshness factor, it kind of (laughs) depends, depends on the style. Um, So if you drink something that's really, really cold, you're not gonna be able to get all of the flavor and aroma profiles that are out there. So um, you don't want to drink beer super, super cold. Um, and
0: if they're telling you that that's the best way to drink it, there might be a reason. Yeah. I've actually heard that somewhere and, and uh, it was, yeah. I forget it was somewhere and they're like, no, they tell you have to drink it really cold because if you don't drink it really cold, it's horrible. But if you drink yeah, it really exactly. cold, it masks, like you said, it masks a lot of the flavor or washes some of it out. So anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, and then there's certain, um, there's certain beers that are actually meant to be served at Uh, a slightly more like I would say a more like room temperature like you know around 50 55 degrees and a lot of those are kind of British cast scales that's very traditional Um, I would say I can't remember the exact like recommended serving temperature for lagers off my head but I mean it is cold Um, I mean I like when I say like don't drink your beer super cold it's you still want to drink it cold, but
0: <laughs> not like... Like refrigerator like, temperature yeah. or fresh yeah, out, or out of the refrigerator a little bit, something yeah. around there. Not like, you know, stick it in the freezer and I don't know, whatever, and get it colder and colder and colder so you got yeah. it as cold as possible, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, that's another thing where it's like, it also it depends on preference too. I mean, beer isn't meant to be served super, super cold, but if that's the way you like it, then, you know... It's, you are going to miss out on some flavor profiles and stuff like that. Um, I would say kind of lagers should be probably the coldest. And then you're going to go into kind of your American IPAs and stuff like that. If those are too cold, you're not going to get the um, aromatic profile and stuff like that from the beer. And then, um, and same with like kind of your stouts and stuff like that. And then getting into like the British cask, cask beer where it's, it is, traditionally served I think around 50 degrees so I'm I'm not good at remembering exact numbers nobody's gonna hold (laughs) it to you if it's
0: that important to somebody they could go look it up Uh, but that said again I think it's it's good general overview and good knowledge to have so I did before we move on I promised some like fun facts and I realized I haven't sprinkled them in here yet so I'm gonna sprinkle (laughs) one in Uh, and I'm actually gonna ask you this and see if you know uh, what, in what state drinks more beer per person than any other state? Should I play I the like Jeopardy music?
1: I feel like it's Wisconsin or like Minnesota. I feel like it's a, a Midwestern state. I might be wrong, but.
0: You are close. I, I believe I uh, ish. No, that I think it'd be Midwestern. Anyway, we're good. It's North Dakota uh at least according to the data i have uh and followed by new hampshire and montana so oh okay yeah so okay. i i i think you were naming the kind of general i don't know re not region i don't know you, you had the right idea concept right so they're out there and they're drinking apparently a whole lot of beer uh the rest of us are are going to have to do some catching up
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs>
0: Okay, I'll let you shoot uh, if you got another question or something else to kind of throw out there. And I, I don't even know how many you have. We, we're just kind of winging it a little bit today.
1: I mean, I feel like another uh, another question that I've gotten before is um, about like what is an IBU, um, which is a typical way to um, talk about bitterness levels. It actually stands for... Um, I think it's international bittering units. I'm yep. um, like, international, does that sound right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, you get it. It's one of those words or things I think sometimes where like you say it and as soon as you're saying it, you know, you're saying it right, but it sounds yeah. wrong. Anyway, I don't know.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, IV use is a way to measure bitterness. And um, I you kind of get the question like, you you know, what is an IBU and all of that sort of stuff. So um, uh, it kind of, it, it does measure bitterness, but it is, bitterness is very much perceived and it's perceived differently by different people. So just because a beer is say like 60 IBUs. And I feel like, again, we might've talked about this in the hop, hop episode now that I'm talking about it.
0: Yep, we, we did. So again, more detail, you can go back to that episode, but for the high highlights, keep going. No, this is good.
1: Um, so a, um, an IBU, it's um, very much related to like perceived, or everyone has a different perceived bitterness. And um, so someone that, it, someone. 60 IBUs if a beer says 60 IBUs it might be super bitter to someone and not very bitter to someone else at all and um so it's kind of like uh it's it's a very hard thing to measure and especially with um a lot of breweries that are dry hopping and stuff like that there's this whole discussion about like whether how much that like increases your IBUs by um and it's um a lot of what you see on cans and stuff too is not a actual measured um, amount that is kind of an estimated amount. Um, so it could be totally wrong. <laughs> so that's like kind of the thing it's like uh, um, it, it helps I think as a brewer when you do a recipe and you're trying to calculate IBUs it kind of if you're used to your calculating it on your system and stuff like that it kind of helps you to keep the beer in balance. And so if you're, you know, making sure it's not too bitter and that, um, all of that sort of stuff. And so you are going to calculate your estimated IBUs, but what it turns out to be, could be, you know, completely different. So,
0: yeah, so uh, it, it's a guideline, uh, or what is it? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It, it's, it's more of a guideline.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's more of a, yeah, it's more of an, a guideline not a not a like strict rule type
0: of thing um, awesome okay i'm gonna throw out a fun fact and this is one i like um so like you see all the cartoons and all those things and and uh they hold up like uh the jugs and it's got an x or two x's three x's or whatever for their alcohol and that's usually what they're drinking and usually it's got like a whole bunch of x's on there um well that all came from uh, and they actually used to do things that direction and now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if Dos Equis has anything to do with this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, or no, Trace Equis, Dos, Equis? Dos Equis. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it was the Trappist monks, uh, when they started producing beer, they needed to have a way to differentiate between how strong the beer was. And oh. because most people weren't literate at the time, they would put, you know, number of X's for how strong the beer was. So you oh. knew if it had two X's, it was a stronger one or three X's, it was like a super strong one. So um that's why a lot of times like i said when you see things represented for alcohol and you people are trying to represent it super strong they put all those x's on there that's yeah. where it comes from I thought that was interesting fun.
1: i didn't know that that is a very fun fact
0: yeah all right uh, i could throw another one at you and then uh, we'll see if you got anything else and then uh i will end with a fun fact and go from there so okay. uh, uh, Last question I have anyway uh, to throw at you today is, is there a proper way or best way to pour a beer? Is there like a, a can you give us some beer pouring secrets or is there any?
1: Um, I always say, so it's hard, it's hard to describe. I always, um, so I do the, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Not that you listening can see it, but <laughs> I'm going to do it because it's going to help me describe it. So I will hold the beer, the beer glass that I'm pouring into at a slight angle. And then I will kind of take the beer. I, I drink a lot of beer cans these days. Um, kind of hold that up perpendicularly. And then I'll start pouring the beer. And then when it gets closer to the end, I will eventually dump. And I got a little bit beer left in my can. But um, then I will eventually pour the beer and dump it. And then you're going to get a better uh, head retention that way. So it's kind of like pouring it at an angle to start and then kind of slowly moving it. So your glass is pointing upward and you just kind of move the can kind of with it, if that makes sense. It's, it's
0: no, hard. it does. It does. And it looks like you had the can pretty close to the, the, the um I want to say jar and I knew that was wrong. Mug. Yeah. So it's kind of like very close and it's So it's basically just kind of like easing it in there as opposed to just pouring it in basically.
1: Almost, yeah. Right? Yeah. Kind right. of doing a, um, a more gentle pour to begin with. And then you're kind of at the end because you don't want to create too much foam early on because then it might not fit into your glass one and two, then you're going to lose a lot of the carbonation. Um, And so uh, to do a gentler pour at the beginning and then kind of finish with a, you know, a rougher, harder pour. Um, Got
0: it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. And any last questions? And if not questions, anything else you want to throw out there for the world who has all these, I don't know, just needs, wants to know a little bit more about beer or has questions, I don't know, whatever. What would you leave, whether it's a question or this or that, what would you, what do you want to leave (laughs) our... global audience with and it actually is global which is odd but anyway so thanks all those people out there in other countries yeah. anyway go ahead.
1: <laughs> well one question uh that i do get asked a lot that isn't like a general beer question but um mm. i think that most brewers uh kind of it's really hard to answer this question which is what is your favorite beer uh, um, because and most people will say it depends on it depends on the season it depends on your mood it depends on a lot of different things um so i uh, i would encourage people to not ask that question <laughs> no that makes
0: sense that makes sense can i can i ask you this though because now that you've said don't ask this question i'm yeah. going to ask a slight variation on it um my assumption is you do really enjoy your own beers and they're among the top ones that you would like or otherwise you wouldn't be making them is that true or i mean or or are there some that you like better than others and you make these ones because you know i don't know people like them or they're they're very popular with you know your crowd versus this one that's less like i don't know you make because it's your favorite i don't know i'm just does any of that make any Uh, sense and and how would you answer that one
1: yeah um i do uh i I do like the beers I make. I really like lager beer um, in general. Um, I mean, when it's well-made, of course. Um, And I just, for me, um, lagers finish so much cleaner and drier. And um, they actually, um, they don't like, if I drink too, like, say I drink too many IPAs, I will get, um, I kind of get like a really bad headache the next day. And I don't get that if I have one too many lagers. <laughs> <laughs> that... That I swear it's something to do with the yeast or something like that. They're also lower in alcohol. So um, typically, so you can have, you know, a couple, whereas, uh, you know, a lot of beers these days, you like are looking at the, la- the label and it's like, oh, this is like almost 8%. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I have noticed there's a trend to much stronger beers these days. I have.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, okay. So we're gonna uh, leave people with this fun fact um, on the way out here because I think this was. I don't know how I just heard about this after all you know all these years doing the podcast here. Well, I guess all these years coming up on two years. <laughs> that that's all these <laughs> years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was coined in the early 1900s. And you can go on an alcoholiday, which I had never heard of, which apparently is leisure time spent drinking. So I've been on many an alcohol day. I oh, kind of on an yeah, alcohol day right now with you. <laughs> so we will encourage people uh, to go safely and responsibly upon their yeah. own alcohol days.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like that alcohol holiday. day.
0: Yeah. I got to remember that one, right? It's like, and again, how, how have I not heard of that until now? It's like that, yeah. that, that's what I want to know. Cause I've been on many a one. I just oh,
1: yeah.
0: didn't <laughs> know what it was called apparently.
1: <laughs> didn't have the proper terminology.
0: Yes. Okay. Awesome. So people want heater Allen beers. I mean, that's a fact. They, they they're ordering them all over. Sales are going well. How can they get some uh, while they can? Because these things are, are, they're moving.
1: Yeah, so, um, well, we distribute in Oregon, Washington, and California. Um, So if you live in those areas, um, we do sell beer in all three of those states. Um, They're also, we recently have started selling since the the pandemic hit, um, we've been actually selling beer to Tavor. Which, if you're so, if you're outside of uh, Washington, Oregon, or California, um, Tavor can actually send beer uh, to a number of states across the country, and so we've been sending them uh, quite a bit of beer as well. So, and uh, how do you
0: how do you spell that?
1: T a v o u r, and it's an oh. app you download on your phone, and then they also have a bunch of different. Um, I actually haven't downloaded it myself, I should so I can explain to people how to do it. But um, my cousin, my cousin uses it. And um, he really likes it because he can try beers from all over the country. And um, I think you kind of tell them the type of beers you you like, and then they will sh- kind of show you based on that what they have available, you're not typically going to get offered something like, say you live in Portland, you're, they probably aren't going to offer you Heater Allen because you can get get it pretty readily. Um, but, you know, someone that lives in, say, Dallas, Texas, or something like that, uh, and they really like loggers, it will maybe come up on their feed. And then once you ha- once you've selected, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's 12 or 24, I think it's once you've selected 12 beers that you want, they ship your case to you um and all of that so it seems like a really cool way to try a bunch of beers from around the country um and they do it they ship it as we were talking about freshness earlier um they keep the beer in a refrigerated (laughs) location um and then uh you know ship it to you so uh and ship it pretty ship it fresh so yeah
0: and um, and we are not affiliated nor sponsored by Yes. highly recommend. I mean, it sounds like uh, that's amazing. And I really like that concept because one of the things I, I know we've talked about on the show, I don't know if you and I have talked about it, although I think we might have anyway, is that the challenge of getting really good, not not of getting really good craft beer, but getting really good craft beer outside of the area that you live in, right? Because again, yeah. a lot of people have limited license, limited distribution because they're they're local. And so if I want to try some really good you know, East Coast craft beers or, or whatever it may be. Sounds like this could be a great way to do some of that. And yeah. also to get some heat Allen.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we like breweries in Oregon, and each state has their own different laws, but breweries in Oregon uh, are not allowed to ship out of state. So and that's because of distributor laws and stuff like that. Um, so that's why I've had a couple of people ask me like, can you ship, ship me beer? And I'm like, actually I legally can't. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's like I could, but I could get a huge fine for it.
0: So, yeah. Not worth it. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. yeah so, they, I'm assuming that Tabor has like all of, they, I'm sure have all the licenses and fees. <laughs> well, that's
0: well if tough. not, then, <laughs> oops. <laughs> no, I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure certain they, they do. do. <laughs> um, So, uh, and, and do you guys, you guys have a website, I assume, and, and, uh, uh, socials, any place if anybody wants to go get a little more information?
1: Yes. Uh, heaterallen.com. Um, and at heaterallenbeer is our, um, Instagram and Twitter handle respond pretty well to messages via that or sending us a message via the website. We also, I recently put, um, some t-shirts. We also have some ben- bandanas, some cool steins um, that are up on the website as well in our store. Uh, I just kind of did that as I wear mini hats in a small business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, so yeah, if you're interested, if you're a fan of Peter Allen and want to get some merch, we have some cool stuff in the store right now. So not very much because <laughs>
0: Oh, well, you can improve your glassware. We've already, we're just talking about that and, and have a cool shirt. So how can you yes. go wrong? Yes, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, for more information about The Unsophisticated Palette, you can go to theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Uh, and until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers.
1: Yes. cheers.
0: a beer <laughs> oh no did you empty beer cheers
1: <laughs> I, I i got a little bit left here
0: okay okay good
1: Oof. yeah got a sip left got a sip left <laughs>